The Detroit Tigers are back uh, in the sense that they are playing. They are also back in the sense that the same problems that persisted in the first half are so far also persisting in the second half. Uh, They split a doubleheader against the Oakland A's. We're going to talk about it today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday. Happy Friday, July 22nd, 2022. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, The Detroit Tigers split a Thursday doubleheader. Uh, Traditional, just back-to-back, baby. Bang, bang. Split a doubleheader to the Oakland A's. The first game winning 7 to 2, the second game getting shut out and losing 5 to nothing. Uh the first game the Tigers had 10 hits, a whopping uh 3 of them, 4. Look at that, 4 extra base hits. That's actually pretty respectable. Uh 10 hits, 4 of them, almost half of them extra base hits. Robbie Grossman with an offensive explosion. Uh, getting off on the right foot there in the second half. Uh, Jamer Candelario roped a ball, absolutely roped a ball to right field. I, I know it looked like, oh, like it kind of barely, not barely, but, you know, it, it didn't go 50 rows deep. Like it kind of, but that, that thing was a, that thing was a rocket. That thing was hit um, very hard and, and very well. Exit velocity, well over a hundred, I think 104 miles an hour uh just about about 400 feet that's a that's a pretty deep part of the ballpark um got got a hold of that one so really nice to see him start off uh, on the right foot there in the second half it's just it's so weird because this team in the first game you were like okay this is this is good but also in the first game we got to talk about the Oakland A's stink and I know the Tigers stink and if there's any Oakland A's fans listening, I I don't mean that in the sense that we are better than you because we're certainly not. We saw in the second game, this offense, now this this Tigers offense is absolutely and they both scored exactly seven runs in a in a in a double header. Both teams combined total for for seven runs. Um, that's that's not great in a double header, and the Tigers scored all seven of them in one of the two games. The Oakland A's that is a brutal product. I mean, that's it's it's really rough. It's really rough. And again, I, I know our, our product is not very good either. And, and our offense is actually worse than the A's offense somehow this season, even though they, they are actively trying to lose. That team traded all of its talent away and is literally intentionally losing. And we are worse than them after spending money and bringing in talent in the offseason and promoting top prospects. That's besides the point. We talked about that yesterday in the first half recap. The point is, the, the A's are – that's brutal. It, it really is a, that, that's a brutal ball club at the moment. And so you took advantage, and you won game one. And I thought I, – I really felt good about, about game two. I really did. And, you know, Garrett Hill, we'll, we'll talk about him later. Uh, he has had two major league starts. One of them went really poorly. 
one of them went pretty well. And this was kind of, I don't know, like the rubber match of them. Not really because, you know, he was just the 27th man. It's not like he was, he was playing for too terribly much. But still, you know, you, you want to make good starts when you have the opportunity to pitch in the major leagues. And and he I, I thought he looked pretty good. Like, obviously, he made the one mistake that eventually got him, uh, you know, pulled from the game and, and, and whatnot. But I was I was pretty impressed with with his start, honestly, the first four innings, especially were really, really solid. And we'll, we'll talk about Scooble too. He looked absolutely fantastic. We'll talk about everything. It's just, it's, it's this A's team is so bad and they're trying to be bad. And you split a game against them and got shut out against them and scored the same amount of runs as they did on the day. Like that's not an encouraging start. To the second half and and so many times we've seen teams you know first half second half or, or we've seen teams you know right after the, the all-star break we've seen it with individual players too and and, and we'll talk about some of the the players that I, we can hope to see big second halves from spoiler alert it's pretty much everybody but still like th- this is very much a a the season is is salvageable it, it, it's just not the season is is you're almost 20 games under 500 you you'd have to be unbelievable in the second half to actually be in the thick of things for like a playoff hunt or anything so so the season is not salvageable in that regard but there are certainly a lot of storylines and a lot of individual players that can lead to some promise for next year can, can send us into the off season with some encouragement going into next season. And it's, it's just what a start to the second half in, in like the least positive way you can think of. It's just not, it, it it's, it's sad. It really is sad. I, I, I can't get over how, Everyone in this offense just decided to have the worst year of their careers all in the same year at the same time. It's remarkable. And Robbie Grossman, like I said, had a good first day. Double headers are tough. It's, it's, you know, we have a heat wave across the whole country. It's hot. Everybody knows I, I hate when people say, oh, it's too hot outside. You know, grow up. Like, there's just... <sighs> I, I was so glad that we won the first game. I was like, okay, no matter what happens from here on out, like, you know, we're not going to lose every game the rest of the season. And then we just laid an absolute stinker in the second game. And I was like, all right, that's, you know, snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. So, like, you know, it, it's it's it was not a very encouraging day. Not that there have been very many encouraging games, but it's it certainly was not super encouraging um, offensively. In the first game, Riley Green looked absolutely fantastic. One of the weird things I want to talk about with Riley Green is they send him to steal a lot. And he's a he's an athletic kid. He, he he's pretty fast, you know, what whatever. It's just it's weird that they keep trying to he's now one of five on stolen base attempts in his major league career. I want to say. I want to say he he's he's literally one for five. Like that, you know, that's not great. Been caught stealing four times. You, you you've successively stolen one base. There, there's just a, a. It's weird that they keep setting him. And, and I'm honestly, 
it's weird, but I'm not against it. Like in a weird way, I'm kind of like, yeah, just like keep doing it and see what happens. Because again, you're you're not gonna salvage a win loss record that that's respectable going for the end of the season. Like you're not. So you might as well just see what you got in some players, and you might as well just see, you know what? Let's just send Riley Green every time he gets on first base and see how many stolen bases he can get. And at the end of the season, if his stolen base percentage is absolutely horrible, then it's absolutely horrible. You know, then then it's horrible. And and you go, okay, well, he might not be a base to their going forward. That then then you know. Like I'm not totally against it, but it's definitely something to keep an eye out for because uh it it has honestly to be to be completely frank, not very many of them have even been close. The last two or three stolen base attempts he's had, he's been thrown out like comfortably, comfortably, comfortably. And the one today wasn't even like that great of a throw. I don't know. That it, it it's just something I noticed that I wanted to address because they keep trying it and it keeps not being successful. And I just wanted to say I'm honestly not, you know, don't don't get him hurt. The last thing we need is for him to, you know, jam a finger or something, knock on wood. But um just something weird that I noticed in the strategy. Like they're they're very aggressive with Riley Green specifically because not everybody else is stealing a ton of bases. So, um, all right, let, let's get into the rest of the offense, and we'll definitely get into the pitching. Two very very intriguing pitching performances in this one. First, though, I got to tell y'all about our friends over at LinkedIn Talent Solutions. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. You can create a free job job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job, add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame around your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire simple tools like screening questioning make it easier to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire that's why small business rates linkedin jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors linkedin jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit linkedin well now you do so post your job for free at linkedin.com slash mlb that's linkedin.com slash MLB. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody. Welcome back here to segment two at Lockdown Tigers. Uh, which NFL stars moved the betting line the most? Well, on July 18th, Lockdown started giving you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at BetOnline. Started to be available July 18th. That means it's available now wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube. So talking about this split doubleheader, um, the first game went went pretty well. Like objectively, there was not a lot to complain about in that one. It was actually a really well-played ball game. And again, the A's looked terrible, and the Tigers took advantage and, and got a win. Um, as far as the offense went, we already kind of talked about it. Riley Green, a couple of hits, RBI. A couple of really hard-hit balls. Javi Baez, three for five. Great to see. Robbie Grossman, a couple of extra base hits. Really great to see. Three RBIs. Um, Jonathan Scope with a hit. And Jamer Candelario with the homer and a couple of hits. All really solid all around. Um, also, before this game happened, 
roster moves. Cody Clemens, we that already well no it, it didn't publicly. Cody Clemens called up right, so he fills in. He's going to be playing a lot of first base, I'd imagine. Uh, Harold is going to be playing a lot of first base, I'd imagine. And then Jamer is probably going to be getting some looks at first base as well. So you have that move, and then you have Will Vest to paternity. Congratulations to him and his family. He's now a father. That's awesome. Um, And then Zach Short, the return of Zach Short. Um, Zach Short played for the Tigers last year. Uh, Look, man, I, I... he plays a, a solid defense at most infield positions. He's never going to play first, but at third, short, and second, he, he can play solid defensively. He strikes out a ton. He does not hit for a very high average. Uh, he People like to say like he, he has sneaky power. He has sneaky power like relatively speaking. Like, you know, he, he has, I think, single-digit home runs in Toledo this year. Like, I guess if you look at a guy and and you look at him and you go, oh, like he's, you know, pretty small or short or whatever, like then, yeah, maybe he has sneaky power in the sense that, you know, you expect him to hit two home runs a year and he hits like 10 or 15, I guess. But um, it's certainly not worth the the, the 200 batting average and the plethora of strikeouts he's going to have. And he has decent walk numbers, which I appreciate. And he can work at count and, you know, give you some quality AB sometimes. But he doesn't end the frustration of this team's inability to literally hit fastballs over the heart of the plate. Fastballs right down the middle. The Tigers this year have just been like, no, we're good. We're going to swing and miss at all these. Zach Short isn't going to be any different in that regard. So it's it's a fine call up. I I understand you had a roster spot open. You got a doubleheader you're playing, whatever. I don't expect it to be a long-term thing. I think it was really just so that they could have some more infield depth for the doubleheader. Um, and when Will Vest is is back from uh, being a, a new father, then uh, then then I don't I don't think Zach Short's really long for the major league roster currently. But it, he's on the forty man. It just shows you know if they need infield depth, that's who they're going to go to. That's next in line. Uh, so he played in this one, went zero for three with a walk and two strikeouts. There you go, pretty on brand for what we just talked about. Um, so the offense really sound on this one, hitting the ball hard, etc. Again, the, the, I can't stress enough how, how poor the A's are and the, the pitching for that team in game one was not very good. A lot of fastballs that were, uh, I don't even know, like over the heart of plate our heart of the plate might not even be what they were. They were, uh, like trying to be on the edge of the plate and then they were just not like they caught too much of the plate when they were attempted to be on the edge that that's really the best way to describe it um, and, and a lot of hard contact ensued so that was good Tarek Skubal the story of game one however as he went six innings two hits one run it was not earned so zero earned runs two walks and nine strikeouts. He was absolutely fantastic. It's the best we've seen from him in a while. Now, I'm going to say it again. I'm sorry. There are some people that that like hate the fact, you know, oh, he repeats himself too much. Well, unfortunately, the A's stink, and I cannot stress that enough. All right. So, nine K's, six in, like it's it's a great line, and we will gladly take it because he struggled against like some not great teams, even. So just having a good start, period, uh, we will gladly take, and I'll be very happy about. 
Um, the pitch mix I, I, I thought was really solid. We've seen him throw the changeup a lot more before. He didn't really throw the changeup too terribly much. The knuckle curve is usually only like one to three times a game just to throw people off randomly every once in a while. So that was pretty on brand. He only threw that once. Um, but the changeup only six times. It's a little low. We've seen that higher before. Uh, and the sinker we've usually is usually in the 20s. It's usually like the, the slider and the four seam are usually one, two. Then the sinker and the changeup are usually three, four, and then the knuckle curve there at the bottom. Uh, the So that, that is the order that it was, but the mix, it was very slider and four seam heavy. He threw the slider 39 times and the four seam fastball 31 times. The sinker 15, so half of the second most thrown pitch, the fastball. And then we already talked about the changeup and the curve. So uh, really, I mean, 17 whiffs is phenomenal. That's, that's in, in a very, very solid number. Uh, 15 called strikes added with that. That's a 35 called strikes plus whiffs percentage, CSW percentage. 35 of his pitches, 35, 35% of his pitches were either swinging or called strikes. That is an unbelievably impressive number. That is over a third, like comfortably over a third, comfortably better than one of every three pitches was either a called strike or a swinging strike. That's a great day at the office. The average exit velocity was under 86 and a half miles an hour. That's low. It was a really, really good performance, and it was built around uh, fastball command and the A's being bad. That's what it was built around. When he was able to pinpoint the fastball and then set up the slider, set up the sinker, set up the change, whatever was coming afterwards, uh, that is when – and then we saw that when he was dominant at the beginning of the year, too. That's always what it's been. It's always been four-seam fastball command, and that certainly was what made him so effective. And this one, he carried a no-hitter through, what, four or five innings. Then Jamer Candelario almost took a ball to the face and, and, and ended it. Um, he gave up another hit, too, so it didn't end up mattering that much, but like an actual hit. Um, but Jamer has not been super impressive defensively this season either, but that's a different conversation. We need to have a whole dialogue about Jamer Candelario, honestly, at some point this year. Um, Cause yeah, his, his future is really interesting, but regardless, um, school was fantastic. And even though the A's team isn't good, it doesn't matter. He, he took advantage of the fact that they aren't good and can't can't be mad at someone for doing what they were supposed to do and and dominating a, a team that they were supposed to dominate. So uh, all the credit in the world, nicely done. V- velocity was even up a little bit on the four seam uh, touch ninety eight at one point. That's a little bit higher than we're used to, about a mile per hour per hour higher than we're used to. So uh, good to see that he's feeling good. He's slinging it. Everything's good. Hopefully we can now build upon this. You know, the Royal start was interesting because he said, he's like, this is the best my stuff's ever been. And he hit a hundred miles an hour, like two times in a row. And you were like, what's happening? But there was still a weird start and it still wasn't like super dominant, even though his stuff was fantastic and the defense completely failed him. And there were some walks and it was weird. This one was just, he was in control the entire game and the stuff was absolutely fantastic. And the command was was the best it's been in a while. At the beginning of the season, what made him, again, so effective was forcing fastball command. He had it today, and that's uh, that's one of the reasons. And then when he missed, it was still a swing and a miss because the ice blow. So Alex Lang then comes in, gives up a uh, home run, and did not have that great of an inning. His ERA is up to 2-4-8, um, even with the, the home run that he gave up. 
whatever. It, it didn't cost us. It's one outing. If he goes out there and, and, and dominates again, like we know he can, then I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Michael Fulmer goes one inning, one hit. Looked really, really solid. His slider cutter thingy, when it's on, it is on, man. That that pitch is, is seriously lethal. And again, I don't know. I just keep calling it the slider cutter thingy because I don't really know which one it is, and I'm not sure anybody does. But whatever it is, lethal pitch, absolutely lethal pitch. And and when it's commanded well, it's uh, dang near unhittable. And then Jason Foley, I was glad he got the ninth, one inning, two Ks, ERA down to three one five. We're going to keep talking about the fact that the Jason Foley sinker is a really good pitch. It's a really effective pitch. He when he locates it well, uh, it is a pretty much guaranteed like weak contact or honestly he's been getting some swings and misses with it lately so it and used as a knee buckler actually today had four called strikes on the sinker like just were stared at uh, right at the knees dipped down a little bit had one on the inside corner as well really really good pitch when he's on with it so uh, I, I liked that when we kind of put the game out of a safe situation that they went with him instead of greg uh jason foley i think leading the team since getting recalled the second time, at least in appearances, or maybe just on the season in general, he's been used a lot, and and I don't mind it. I really like it. Okay, let's get into Garrett Hill and Game Two as a whole. A lot less offense to talk about, but certainly some pitching performances we still need to discuss. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, and combat sports, even esports and golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your wagering information from live betting, esports, scores, podcasts. They have everything. They have you covered. So head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All righty, Roo. Welcome back to segment three here at Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Game two, five to nothing, lose at the hands of the Oakland Athletics, obviously. Um, Garrett Hill started this game. First and foremost, more contacts, right? More contacts. Did not have the big, uh, the big goggles, and that was um, very – it was just different to, to see him uh, without the, without the goggles on. I'm a big fan of the goggles, man. I, I, I honestly like secretly as a little kid, I watched one documentary about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar when I was in like the fourth grade and then immediately like pretended like my eyes were worse than they were just so that I could have like Kareem goggles. I'm not even kidding. I was weird. I wanted to be like different like that, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of the big goggles, but if he's pitching like this, he, he looked really good through four innings today. So if he's pitching like this, maybe we stick him with the contacts. But um, the big thing in this one is his fastball has really nice movement, and I really enjoy it. Um, average exit velocity on the outing was 89 miles an hour. Not a master class by any stretch, but anything that's sub 90 is looked at relatively positively. So we'll take it for a guy making his third major league start. Um, his final line was five innings, five hits, three runs, all of them earned, two walks, and four Ks. Uh, so if he had just gone six innings, that would have been a quality start still, right? Three runs or less than six. So the interesting thing, four strikeouts, honestly, I was surprised 
that he got that many strikeouts because his strategy was very much pound the strike zone and his his fastball has downward movement right his his fastball has downward movement and downward cut on it kind of like a sinker so when he's throwing that pitch that's like chris fetter's dream in a young pitcher because he tells young pitchers to just pound the strike zone so it's just hey you you got downward cutting action on this thing just rifle it in the strike zone it's just going to be ground ball city and it was until he hung a, a curveball right at the belly button, and it just got absolutely tanked to, to left field, right? Which, yeah, it was like 108 off the bat. Like, that thing was really, you know, crapped on. It was it was kind of crazy, actually. Um, but that's what happens to hanging breaking balls and hanging curveballs at the major league level. So, um, the, the slider, I thought, was wildly impressive. That's the best slider I, I think I've seen from him uh, since he was in double-A. Uh, you know, at double A when he was kind of shoving and, and, and dominating against everyone, I was really impressed with his slider. This is probably the best that the most impressed I've been with that pitch since he got uh, called up. Really, really look, looked really sharp, uh, was able movement wise. You know, it, he, he wasn't honestly getting a ton of people to chase on it, but the shape of it and the movement of it, I was really impressed by uh, was not hit hard at all which again mostly just due to strategy because it was thrown low and away but still didn't leave, never left it over the zone uh i thought he sequenced it really well kind of trying to tunnel it with the fastball and everything uh the knuckle curve for the most part was okay it was hit when it was hit hard it was hit hard um but he, he you know he, he got quite a few called strikes on it which well, i thought was impressive uh he you know, trying to get people buckle some knees at the bottom of the zone. Like, and, and he was able to do that, but when he missed high, he missed bad high and, and it got, and they got hit pretty hard. Um, and then, yeah, that, that like fastball sinker thing he's got going on, um, what was hit relatively hard in terms of exit velocity, but they were mostly on the ground and were mostly ground balls. And, uh, I was pretty impressed with the pitch and, and I, I think, if you're going to be a starter, he only had five whiffs in the whole outing. If you're going to be a starter that's only going to have five whiffs, you're going to need either a lot of called strikes, which he didn't really have, or you're going to have to induce a crap load of ground balls. And so that's what uh, he was trying to wa- walk that fine line, and he walked it really well for for uh, for four innings. And then, you know, the fifth inning came around, and uh, he no, no longer walked it well because he left a – or the sixth inning, rather. Sorry, he was really good for five. I've been an inning off this entire time. I'm sure somebody's already let me know about it. Um, but the uh, the first five innings really solid, and then he went out there for the sixth, gave up the home run, and then got pulled from the game. So he was uh, – I, I was impressed. I, I was impressed. I know whatever ended on a sour note. Fine, sure, totally, totally fair. Um, but – if this is the type of performance, the type of sequencing, the type of command, honestly, like the, the sinker fastball thingy, the, the command on that pitch was pretty solid. And I think it set up and really opened up a lot um, as far as he who's just setting people up to induce soft contact. That's what he was doing. He was not going to walk anybody and uh, or not trying to walk anybody rather. And he was trying to get as much soft contact as he could. And he got a couple of called strikes because of it, whatever. But he was setting you up to hit a ground ball. And it worked out for a a lot of innings. So, um, again, it's the Oakland A's offense, whatever. But we will gladly take it. Andrew Chafin came in. And this one uh, gave up 
quite a few hits and then made his own error, which then cost a run, but it's not an earned run. I always think it's funny. That's like one of my favorite anomalies about baseball is that like the pitcher can make an error and then it can be a non-earned run because an error was made, but it's like, Hey, like the pitcher made the error. Like that's always funny to me. Like it's, it's still your fault. Just not in the way that you think it's your fault. Like that's, that's always been funny to me, but so that happened with him. Not a great outing. ERA still two, four, five on the year. Again, first game back from the break, we, we weren't going to score any runs anyway. Like whatever. I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. Just a bad outing. The command wasn't there for him. Uh, Joe Jimenez comes in, continues to look absolutely fantastic. One shutout inning, shutout inning with two strikeouts. Um, the velocity was way up on the slider. Like I'm talking like three miles an hour plus at times uh, on the slider for um, for uh, like it came in hot. I was like, is this a hot gun or is this like legit? And uh, sure enough, baseball savant was was all over it and, and it was coming in hot. So that's nice to see. Uh, maybe auditioning himself for the inevitable trade that he is setting himself up for. And then Jose Cisnero was back and he gave up a couple of hits, didn't give up any runs. He threw mostly the sinker and the velocity was way down from what it usually is. Uh, as far as last year, like if you're comparing to, to last season, way, way low, way low. And Cisnero, like people, you know, forget, maybe they don't, but some people forget that, for 2020 and 2021, this dude was a dog and was used a bleep load. Like his usage, well, I think he may have led the league in appearances one of those two years. Like he was used to death. And like, so so it's going to take him, you know, some time to get the velocity back up and whatever. And he mostly just threw the sinker in this one because I think he knew he wasn't going to blow it by people. I mean, he got up to 95, 96. It's not like he was hurling it in there at 84 miles an hour or anything, but you know, based on what he's used to. And I think he was just like, I'm not going to go for strikeouts. I'm just going to try to get people to ground out and you know, my first outing back, just induce some weak contact and not put too much pressure on myself to get swings and misses. And so he let a couple, got, you know, a couple of knocks, whatever, um, but got out of it without giving up a run. And that's all that matters. So it was nice to see him back on the mound is really the most important part. Um, and then, yeah, the offense, uh, Frankie Montas, absolutely like peace you for for whatever five innings uh then they went to the bullpen when montas was only at 53 pitches which was kind of a thing to look out for um but yeah he absolutely shoved and his pitch mix is always so impressive to me i love watching frankie montas pitch because he has like five pitches and all of them get used a ton like he he, he really spreads spreads the sugar out it's really uh, a treat to watch him be interesting to see where he goes. I'm assuming he's going to get traded. So, uh, and then yeah, their their bullpen came in. They put the a the a team bullpen in. Uh, I love AJ AJ Puck. He's uh, he's really fun to watch as well. I'm a big fan of his. So, um, yeah, that, like there's not really much to talk about the offense. You you got like you you had four hits. You had four hits. One of them was an ex, extra base hit, and you had two walks. There you go. Your top four did not record a single hit. Riley Green, Victor Reyes, Javi Baez, Miguel Cabrera. All over. The four hits came from your six through... Sorry, your five through seven hitters. Five, six, seven, no. Five through eight hitters. Not going to win you too many games. 
we're not we don't even need to have the same discussion we have a million times like it's just one step forward two steps back with this team pretty much all the time and you know what's wild is and we'll we'll get you out of here but it's like i i missed watching them like how messed up am i like i i missed watching them over the all-star break i was like huh ah, i wish the tigers were on today why would you why would you do that to yourself? Why am I the way I am? It's what I ask my therapist like every Friday. <laughs> the Tigers, man. I I I can't stop. Can't stop loving them, unfortunately. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Lockdown MLB Prospects podcast. Host Lindsey Crosby. It's a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. He did some great coverage for the MLB draft as well. And I'm sure he's still talking about a lot of go- those guys that were uh, newly drafted over there. A lot of new prospect rankings, etc. So be sure to check that out. And that's it. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I will catch you all on Monday. Hopefully recapping some wins. All right. Go Tigers, baby.